Well, good morning. It's uh, wonderful to be able to sing uh, praise to our wonderful Lord like that. I just uh, so appreciate our praise team and the blessing that they are as they lead us uh, each week. Uh, recently, in my daily uh, reading in the Bible, uh, I have been uh, reading from the Old Testament and uh, a lot about uh, King Solomon. And uh, he is considered to be one of the wisest uh, men ever. And uh, in his book of Proverbs, uh, uh, some of the things that I've, I was reading included uh, this from Proverbs 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then he continues in chapter 1 and verse 10. He says, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. So here is a very wise uh, man, a king, a man of power and in influence, uh, sharing these uh, Proverbs. And I love his Proverbs. And some of the things in there are just so challenging and, and wonderful for us to read. Uh, but then in... in um, 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 to 4, we read this. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women. The Lord had said to the people of Israel, you shall not enter into marriage with them, meaning those foreigners, because they will turn away your heart after their gods. When Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God. So Solomon had this great wisdom, this great uh, influence, uh, and yet he allowed other people to come into his life that ended up deflecting his attention and his focus on God and moved him away uh, from the Lord God. And um, so what I think about that, I think about if that could happen to a man like Solomon, who was intently connected with God, who had personal communication with God, would hear from God uh, how easy that would be for us as well. We always have to be on our guard, as he told us in Proverbs chapter 1. Uh, so one of the things that I want us to be mindful of and would like to share about today is what we need to be doing and how we need to perceive our relationship with God and his relationship with us and, and the significance in that. Um, sadly, in, in recent days, in, in a number of uh, churches, we have seen uh, people who have risen to a position of influence and power who have uh, stumbled and fallen away from God and, and in the process of that have led other people in the wrong direction as, as well. So, when I was reading these things, as I was thinking through this whole process uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks, um, I was thinking about people who, uh, and, and, and influences that we all have in our lives. And um, we have to be careful in this area. And I had a, a, a boss when I was first uh, on, on the detective bureau at Marquette Police Department. His name was uh, Captain Marvin Gothier, and uh, Marv Gothier uh, would be talking to us about some things that, uh, that, you know, he was trying to give us some advice on occasion and talking to us about some things. And uh, he used to say, like, if you, have, if you think you have become so important that basically, you know, everything depends on you and that you can't be replaced, 
uh, I, I would like you to, to think about this. And he would say, put your hand uh, into a bucket of water. And so I have the, the uh, water here. And he said, put your hand into that water and then pull it back out again and look to see how much of an impression you left in that water. And as I look, I've left no impression in the water. Uh, I, uh, I, I didn't accomplish anything in terms of that water, in, in terms of leaving an impression. That quote, that statement that he gave and shared with us on a number of occasions has stuck with me uh, the rest of my life, really. Uh, when I uh, got promoted and, and raised to the re- rank of detective captain, that it was always in the back of my mind that uh, I wanted to uh, not be one of those who felt like I was not replaceable. In fact, one of my uh, mission's objectives that I felt like I had as a detective captain was to work with others to be my replacement, that I was replaceable and, and, and that I wanted to help others to, raise the, uh, to be raised to that level to take over leadership as well. And I have tried to do the same thing here in the church as well. I think it's, it's one of our callings when we get uh, put into a position of, of influence that we need to invest in other people and help to bring them along. So again, as I'm thinking through all of this and I'm I'm, I'm contemplating on the things that he wrote in Proverbs and then what happened to him because of the influence of his wives, uh, it made me uh, think of uh, a book in the Old Testament, uh, 2 Chronicles. And uh, in here, God was um, uh, speaking uh, to Solomon and he came to him uh, personally. And I'd like to just share uh, some verses from Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7, beginning in verse 12. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among the people, if my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made. And so I want us to think about those verses. Now, God had shared these things with Solomon before he had been led astray and had walked away from the Lord. And so, you know, it's hard to imagine that um, uh, he would hear those things and still allow himself to, to stray. And yet we read these in the, in the Bible. We read the Bibles and we, we, we learn some of these verses and, and we often also make mistakes and wander away. But I want to I break through a couple of these things and think through some of them. And so, I'm going to share some thoughts, and then I'm going to come back in and fill in uh, some of those things. So I'm just going to kind of give a little bit of an outline, and then I'm going to come back and share uh, some things, just to expand on a, on a few of those points. But from these verses, one of the things that is uh, very clear is God hears us when we pray. God is hearing us, and that means he's listening. Uh, when there is a disaster around us, God is aware of it. God's not ever surprised by things that happen. He is 
He knows the beginning from the end. And so he knows ahead of time what's going on, what's happening in our world. He wasn't surprised with what's happening in our, in our world today with the pandemic and the, and the chaos that it's creating in many places. And then our responsibility, if you, if you think about the verses that were read there, he says, if we, his people, and I believe that today that means Christians, uh, God has uh, chosen to have people who will follow his son, Jesus Christ, as their personal Lord and Savior. He has chosen us to be his people. And so if we as Christians will, first of all, humble ourselves, that's a real natural thing, right? No, that's not. It, it kind of goes contrary to, to uh, how we see ourselves. But we are to humble ourselves. And uh, the next thing we're to do is to pray. Uh, praying means that we're communicating with God. We're, we're talking to him. And, and part of communication is listening as well. So, so we, we speak to him, but we also listen. We listen through his word and through the Holy Spirit working in our hearts. We seek his face. That means we, we pursue God. We, we try to, to seek God and his answers uh, as we're struggling through something. And then the next thing is that we are to turn away from our wicked ways. That means we, 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 we stop living a lifestyle that is sinful and controlled by outside forces. And then the scripture says, God will hear from heaven. I, I love that. I love the thought of my God, our God, listening, and he will hear us when we pray to him. He will hear from heaven, and he will forgive our sins, and he will heal our land. And you notice it's not he might if we do this or we do that. It's it, he will do those things, but our step is first that we need to humble ourselves. So let me go back to those points and to, and to just kind of fill in a little bit of thought with each of those uh, as we consider these things this morning. For me, again, as I said earlier, it's significant that God is listening. When, when you think of all of the people in the world, uh, and yet when I, when I pray, when I communicate with God, he's listening. He wants to hear from me, and he's listening to what I have to say. He hears our prayers. And he knows uh, all that is going on, so he is never surprised by what he sees and hears. I think it's good for us to know that we have a God who hears us, who is listening to our prayers and cares. And the second thing there is God is aware of disasters and chaos in our world. He doesn't want us to have to suffer. He doesn't want us to have to go through bad things and, and to be uh, sustaining all kinds of difficulties. But he has, a, he has a goal or a mission that he would like to accomplish even through those disasters, even through those difficult times. And that's that we would be drawn to him. That, that we would recognize our need for a relationship with him and that we would go to him with our issues and our problems because he's bigger than those. He's, he's greater than any uh, negative problem that we have in our lives. He wants us to turn to him. He has made a way for us through his son, Jesus Christ, and, and he's asking us to, to trust him with our lives and to turn to him even in the midst of the most horrible circumstances that we can find ourselves in. Now, the next thing that he says is that we need to be praying. Uh, 
Uh, we need to pray to the one who can change things. We can't change things. We can't, we can't individually change much of anything in our world. This doesn't mean that, that uh, uh, we dictate to him what he must do. You know, sometimes if you reflect back uh, on prayers and sometimes we, we say, God, I want you to do this or I want you to do that, uh, we kind of tell him what to do. And that, that's not what he's asking about because that's not being humble. That's not coming to him in a humble way. That's, that's being above him and dictating to him what the answer should be. He knows what's best and he knows what the right answer is. We must humbly come before him and ask for his will to be done. Sometimes when we pray, we tell God what to do. We also sometimes tell him what he already knows. We, 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 tell, we tell people, uh, in the, we're telling God as, we're, as though we're talking to people, and, and that's not what he wants us to do. We are to humbly come to him and speak to him uh, in, in his power and in his Holy Spirit. Um, I think about sometimes how we give the answer that we think is right in a particular situation. And, and, and most of us have experienced this where, where you've kind of dictated or told God, God what we want him to do. And then maybe uh, it doesn't happen the way we said. And we look back maybe months or years later and we look back and say, wow, am I ever glad that God did it his way rather than mine? Because that was the right answer. And so for me, when that happens, that's a great reminder that, that I shouldn't be telling God, I should be asking God. And if I humble myself and I listen, uh, he will answer. He will uh, do what's best in the situation, not necessarily what I want or what I'm dictating to him to do. Next, we need to seek his face. That means that, that in all circumstances, in all situations that we're involved in, we see him. We, we look for him. We communicate with him. We could be in the greatest disaster, the greatest uh, horrible situation around us, and, and yet we look for God through it all. And, and I think we can see him in many different ways. There are different things that speak to us. Many, many of you already know that one of the, the ways that I often see God is sometimes when I'm struggling or dealing with something and I see a beautiful sunrise or a beautiful sunset and I recognize that only an awesome, amazing creator God could have created that beauty that far exceeds anything that I can imagine. And I see God in those things. And so sometimes what I'm trying to say is in, even in the littlest things, in the daily things that you see over and over again, see God. That's what he wants. He wants us to see him in all of these things and to recognize what an awesome and amazing God we worship and we follow. Well, part of the, the humbling and, and seeking makes us turn from our evil ways. The, the more I pursue God, and he's already been pursuing me and brought me into a, a saving relationship, but the more I pursue him and try to figure out what it is that he wants from me, that where he wants me to go, what he wants me to do, the more I do that, the more I recognize that the things that I was thinking or feeling or doing that were evil were wrong, and I, and I don't want to be involved with that. I turn away from those things, and I turn more and more to God. And that's what he's asking us to do, is to seek him, to, to come to him, and to look for him, and he will take us and help us. And the more that we are, are worshiping him and celebrating him, he is involved in our lives and he is caring for us. Uh, 
But we have to be careful about what our influences are. Like Solomon, we could be influenced by somebody to turn away from God. And, and, and sadly, in this day and age, there are some people who worship athletes and actors and, and uh, uh, musicians and uh, politicians or whatever else, what other people you may, may worship and you can't wait to see them and you, and you just spend all of your time uh, with those kinds of people. And in, in, in the process of that, we can be led astray. And sometimes that's a, that might be just a little bit of a slow movement going in a certain direction. We start to buy into a worldview about things. And God is saying, seek me and come after me humbly. Well, then these are the things that he will do. And I love this. First of all, he will hear us. God is always listening and always cares. Always. And he will hear us. And he knows what's best for us. He will forgive our sins. You know, I, I think sometimes we, uh, and I've had conversations with people who have said this, I think sometimes we think, God can't forgive that sin. That, that was like, that's over the top. I, I, nobody could ever forgive me for that sin. And yet scripture says that if we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It doesn't say, I, I will forgive these sins and not those. It says, I will forgive their sins. That means that if we confess, if we, we admit to God that I have committed this sin, that he will come in, he will forgive us and take us there. We have to be humble enough to bring those things to God. And we have to trust that our amazing, awesome God, the creator God, is capable of forgiving even the worst sin that we can imagine. And if we as a nation will do this, it says that he will heal our land. As a nation, as a country, if we who call ourselves Christian, we call ourselves a Christian nation, if we will humble ourselves enough and acknowledge that we have all sinned, that we're all falling short, that no matter what position people are in, that, that we, are, we have been wrong and we have been on the wrong side, if we turn away from our sins, he is listening. He wants to forgive us, but we have to confess it. We have to acknowledge it before him. But he will heal and he will care for us. Well, as in the case of Solomon, much of what influences us or who influences us uh, can lead us down a good path or a bad path. We have to make a decision. We will either believe in the creator God, trust in his son Jesus Christ who came into this world and died on that cross for us, was raised back to life again and ascended into heaven is still alive at the right hand of God. We either believe that, turn to him and humbly confess, turn away from our sins, or we can expect nothing from God. He wants us to do those things for our own good. We can't do it on our own and we can't just trust in our own abilities. As I said, in Solomon's case, he was led astray by his wives. And I think about what influences others have had on me and what influence I have on others. And as I think about that, again, I think about Captain Gothier's example of what he used to talk about. He used to talk about putting your hand in the bucket of water and, and when you pull it out, see what kind of an impression you've made. And, and when, when Captain Gothier was retiring from the police department, 
uh, I had been asked to speak at his retirement, and I, had, I went on and I looked up that quote that he always used. And one of the things that I read in there and I shared at his retirement uh, meeting was that when our hand goes into the water, notice what happens. And this is an important part. When we put our hand in the water, can you see how the water level rises? Can you, can you see how, how my hand being in there caused that water to rise to a higher level? You can see it as I put my hand in. And that's what we have an opportunity to do in the lives of other people. As we get involved in their lives, as we put our hand into that relationship, as I, as I put my hand into the water, you see it rise. As I interact with other people and, and as I try to influence their life in a positive way, their life can rise and, 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 and come up higher because of the influence as a Christian. And as brothers and sisters, my challenge to you today is interact with other people by putting your hand, your life into theirs and helping to raise that life up. Don't be one of those who, who, who like Solomon's wife, lead somebody astray away from God, but rather be those who bring them in to draw them into a closer relationship with God the Father. We have a choice of what kind of influence we want to have. It's either a positive influence or a negative. We can help people's uh, level of, of faith and walk with Christ rise, or we can drive them away. We have that as a personal choice. And my challenge to you today is will you choose to have the positive influence as you put your hand into their lives? Will their level of faith their trust in Christ, their recognition of who he is be raised. And that's my hope and my prayer as a result of our relationship with God. He wants us to be involved with him and as we're involved with him to influence others to go to him as well. Would you join me as we pray? Lord God, I thank you for uh, your amazing words, the Bible, that teach us and help us to, uh, Lord, be closer to you. You are a God who listens, who wants to hear from us. Uh, that's amazing for me to think of. And so, God, I'm grateful for that. You said in your word that, that I can come to you and humbly pray to you. And, Lord, I'm grateful for that. Because all of these things, Lord, teach me that you are a God who cares. And that in spite of my weaknesses, my, my failures, I have you, my holy God, who desires to hear from me, to have an influence, and to have a relationship with me. It's overwhelming for me to think about, but Lord God, I am so amazingly grateful for the awesome and amazing God that you are, a God who is above all things, an awesome and amazing God who cares enough for us that you sent your one and only son, Jesus Christ, into this world to die upon that cross that we may have eternity spent with you in heaven if we would trust and believe in him. And so thank you, God, for that amazing love and that amazing grace. In Jesus' holy and powerful name we pray, amen.